Real Talk on YouTube. Real Talk. Let's get straight to it. Dude, we're out there already. See, it just goes like once I hit those those rolling buttons, sit down. Got married. Bro. Show him the ring, cuz. Oh, Bro, look. That's facts. That's facts. I got like a really skinny ring. Yeah, I, I just told I'm always typing dude, and stuff. I told him and Lauren, y'all need to populate the earth. <laughs> just good people. We need more little curly headed bad boys out there running around <laughs> making content. <laughs> curly headed <laughs> bad boys. That's gonna be my new username on Instagram. Yeah. Curly headed bad boy. Dude. Yeah, no, it, it was super fun. We went to Hawaii uh, for our honeymoon. It was an amazing time. It was nice to just get away. It, it made me miss creative, dude. Did you notice that it had, or were y'all on a different island? No, we were on Maui. Um, no, we never saw the f- anywhere near. The, it was a really, like, specific zone of the island. So where we went was perfectly fine. I mean, we didn't see. The only kind of fire damage we saw was just some people who were like, the tourism slowing down has hurt their business. So that's what we saw, but we didn't see any yeah, uh, yeah. specific fire damage. Did you do anything like remarkable? Dude, I snorkeled with three sea turtles and a reef shark. Let's go. And not like with a guide, yeah. just on our own. Ooh. Like just like swam out and just me and Lauren. Like, I mean, like shark attack happens. I Hopefully someone finds us. Shit. I know you do. Yeah, I was like, Oh, Stu would love this. I mean, we saw, dude, it looked like you were, like, in Finding Nemo when you went down there. Just a whole different so world. beautiful. Heck yeah. yeah, the wedding was great, too. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, well, I, I, I Y'all have it. great families. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, so I love you gotta do family. your job. You gotta populate the earth. <laughs> For real. We need more. With curly-headed bad yes. boys. Yes. <laughs> Just freaking, just content, little content oh gods. Gosh, dude, bro, I'll tell you though, it kind of got me. I mean, when you're you're in that wedding moment and you're thinking like, oh wow, this is like my whole future right here. It got me really thinking about the future of just everything. I mean, the future of it. But you told me a good thing yesterday. What what was your thing you called me and said yesterday too about just you know because you're sitting at that wedding and I'm thinking. All these friends I have, how much I cared about, like their opinions and stuff my whole life. Mm-hmm. But ultimately now I have a wife, and that she <laughs> takes place of all of those like long friends, like opinions, me caring so much. Yeah. So what were you saying yesterday about that? So what we were talking about is, I think before you can even think about the future, as it relates to business and kind of how you want to create change, then you have to have a certain mindset. You have to adopt a certain mindset before you can even consider what the execution looks like from a business standpoint. And so you and I were talking about, you've heard of FOMO. Y'all have heard of FOMO. Well, so this is FOPO, (laughs) throwing that P in there. But basically, it's fear of other people's opinion. And FOMO is what? fear of missing out but it's the same thing in a way and i'll explain that to you so fear of other people's opinion think about it why is it so important to us but it's important but it kind of creates a prison in our own brain and you think about it in our survival 
brain, we have used the idea of staying within a group to survive. You get outside of the group 2,000 years ago and you get eaten by a lion, right? But you stay within the group, you're probably going to be okay. You stay outside the group, you fall in the river, Amazon, well, they can't throw you a vine, <laughs> and that croc will hammer you, cuz. <laughs> so part of surviving is staying within a group. And so we have this thing about being a part of a group that is being generated from our, basically it's our reptilian brain, our brainstem. And so it's telling us, you've got to be a part of this group. You've got to be a part of this group to survive. Well, guess what? It ain't like that anymore. (laughs) You know, you're going to survive if you're not a part of a group. And so this motivation from our reptilian brain, from our brainstem, is telling us, in order to stay alive, you have to be a part of this group. Don't go outside the group. And so that's essentially what is driving a lot of our motivations in a lot of ways with social media and a lot of these sororities and these moms wanting their daughters to hang out with certain groups because they want to be a part of this group. And that's being motivated by their survival instincts. So it's so powerful. Yet, in order to do something great, you got to be willing to be motivated internally through your values, not motivated by what other people think and being a part of a group because then you're just following along. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, dude, there's so much in that that I kind of want to dive through. First off, like so you much. said social media. I, I, I personally agree with all of that and so much so that like social media has completely changed how that it's changed both things, which is funny. First off, it made what you're saying happen, I think. It's a big credit to it. It's, it made this, what'd you call it, FOPO? Yeah. <laughs> it made this FOPO world of uh, caring what people are doing so much, just social media, because I mean, you can get on, you can see what all your friends are just instantly yeah, doing, yeah. and they're not going to show what they're doing when it's boring or lame. I mean, they're only showing a filtered version. So it's this filtered lens. But it also, I'd say, social media is also kind of a credit to uh, not having to be care what people think. And like you said, you can be out on your own now and survive. I mean, because social media, you you don't have to have all these people right next to you and care what they think. You can do so much research online and marketing without knowing people and... So it's it's like a two-edged sword, I think. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of good things about being part of a group. I don't want to say that it's all bad. I think being a part of a group, there's a lot of good things you get out of it. You know, it's like relationally, sharing life, um, clarifying each other's thoughts, having empathy toward people. It's just that the motivation cannot be outside of yourself the motivation can't just be hey i need to be a part of this because i don't want to get left behind yeah hey i need to go do this even though i don't even know if i want to because i have this fear of missing out or i have this fear of other people's opinion so think about what it is that you value and what you want to do and either do it or don't but don't do it based on other people's expectations of you 
Yeah. And I think that is a huge thing, especially with y- the younger generation. Mm-hmm. They don't even know if they want to participate or not, but they're so programmed to go, I need to participate because I'm seeing what's going on out here on social media. And this is great, great, great. And I'm not okay with not being a part of that because it's I'm seeing it. It's right in front of my face when they're not even questioning do I even enjoy that activity? Yeah. And therein lies the problem because when people grow up, they quit thinking for themselves and they think, well, if Tom, Dick, Harry, and Sally are doing it, well, then I have to do it. I have to be a part of that group. And they're not questioning what are they doing? Why are they doing it? And is that something that I value and am internally motivated to do? Therein lies the problem. And so if we're going to think about the future, We need to think about our own goals, vision, internal motivations, what our talents are, and approach it from an internally motivated standpoint, not robotic, hey, I'm going to get in line and kind of do what these people are doing. You're not going to change the future. Mm -mm. So get your head right, son. (laughs) And I agreed. And I personally, I think, what you're saying is going to continue to be a problem. You know, like I I don't think it just goes away. So I think it's part of having to grow as an individual over that. Don't you, don't you think that in some of its age, sometimes people figure it out, but I think parents need to recognize too. Like it's okay if their son and daughter aren't a part of a group. Because what that's saying is if you say, well, honey, you need to go hang out with these girls. Honey, you need to be around these girls. You need to be. And those girls are not necessarily aligning with your daughter. Or maybe they're even being rude to her. But that parent is saying that doesn't matter. Because you need to be a part of this group. For these mothers and these fathers to go, hey, you know. This is how you essentially are a part of something. And it doesn't matter how you feel about it or what you think about these other individuals. You just need to do it because yeah. it's safe and it's and it's within a group. And all of that is motivated from a very like reptilian, basic survival instinct. And you do not ever want to be apart from a group because you survive with numbers. And, and so a lot of that is being motivated by not being left out. And FOMO, it's no different. Fear of missing out, it's all the same thing. Yeah, it goes into it's that. It's like, come on. Yeah. Like, you know, it's really just fear of not being a part of a group and fear of other people's opinion because you're not. And you may be sitting at home and you don't want them to think that you're a loser. Yeah. I agree. I think you're basically saying. Do y'all agree? Yeah. Have you experienced that? Pomo. <laughs> okay. How do you deal with it? Well, I try to stay strong and I just. You go on walks. I just do my own thing. I go on walks and I remind myself that this is, this is what I want to do. I shouldn't be able to stop. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean. Dude, it's kind of like you, your your thing is you're saying you got to let direction bring you to groups because groups are healthy, but you can't let your group determine like your direction. You're exactly right. So, yeah, no, that's that's super Very sick. well said. Well, and in the future, so as we kind of talk about the future of it, 
obviously that's going to be a huge factor. I mean, and that that's a big one that plays in the real estate world. 100%. Is, oh, this agent over here is doing something or has got a group of friends. Like, I, I want to be in there. Yeah. So then every decision you make as a business person, a yeah. realtor. is the, the quickest way to fail is to parrot a top producer real estate agent. The only way to stand out in this crowded industry is to be unique. The only way to be unique is to be yourself. That can't be replicated. And so before you think about the future and how you're going to operate your business and build your brand, you better think about what it is that your brand is. And the way to identify that is to have some self-reflection. Know what motivates you. Know what your values are. Know what you're trying to accomplish and recognize pain points that you can lower or problems that you can solve and then expose that. That's how you build a brand. It cannot be replicated. Yeah, that was sick. Yeah, that's it's true. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, authenticity is is hard to beat. I mean, it, I it's and it's what my generation is straight like they want it. You know, like they're want like, it because Generation Z. I like where y'all are going. Are all y'all Gen Z? All right, so Gen Z is what I'm looking for. A lot of people build their backs on a generation in business. A lot of these firms built it on uh, baby boomers. We've kind of built our firm on millennials. But if you don't consider new demographics coming up and what they want and what they value and understand their behaviors, you'll become irrelevant. We'll roll through, we'll build our backs on millennials, and then we'll be irrelevant. So... Gen Z, what do y'all love? Short form video. Y'all like these like personal private chat rooms where it's not just a million people, but you have like a little bit more intimate groups and you want to see some puffy eyes. You want to see some moles. You want to see some bad hair. You want to see what's real. Mm -hmm. And I love that about y'all's generation. And so the way that y'all operate, the way that y'all market, the way that y'all communicate is what the millennials will adopt because it's the young, cool thing. The baby boomers adopted some of the millennial stuff or the Gen X adopted some of the millennial stuff. But y'all's younger generation always sets the course, which is kind of cool yeah. because people want to find that power of youth again. And so they'll look to y'all to how y'all operate and y'all will be the trendsetters. Yeah, well, it's, it's literally gone so far as to our generation on social media and stuff, they have, we've been known to take up, dig up old trends that were like 80s, 70s, 80s, like trends and bring them back to life, you know? Yeah. Like the simple stuff. I mean, like right now, film is big again in the photography, videography world. I mean, everyone's buying a film camera. Really? They're they're about a hundred times more expensive than when they were made for cameras that are way, you know, less capable. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's this trend of, like, what can we find from the good old days to bring back to life? Whereas the, I feel like the millennial generation, they, they didn't really want to bring back old stuff. They were, they were kind of on a new path. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah, crazy, yeah. the yeah. generational differences. Yeah. But that's smart. So I, I read this weekend, I read a little uh, document about the future of real estate, you know? Uh, this smart guy made it. He read it. So, so I read that your piece on on the future of real estate, which is crazy, by the way. And I, uh, it, I read it like three or four times, just because I was like, "Whoa, 
like it kind of felt like I was looking in the future, you know, like a looking glass. <laughs> it was just, it was crazy because you had thought of every, every angle of it. I mean, not just like, oh, real estate in the future is going to be this super high in technology. There you go. The end. You yeah. thought about all of it. So will you kind of summarize real quick yeah. what, what, it, what it was about? Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. I, you know, I think you're one of those people that and I love hanging out with people like that, that think I'm better than I am. <laughs> you always hype me up. I like having you around. Um, but yeah, so the future I wrote, I wrote 10 different things, but I think, you know, to kind of what, what we were talking about to be able to follow those 10 different things, you have to have the right perspective. You know, and it starts with some self-reflection and knowing a little bit about yourself. And so I think I started with your, you know, your personal brand. And and so that personal brand lives forever. You know, it doesn't matter. Even if you're you're selling real estate and you get out of real estate and you become a banker or you become a carpenter or whatever, that personal brand doesn't ever die. And so that personal brand is equity that you can carry forward. So I think you have to start there. You have to start there and you have to question, you know, what is it about me that is different about others and how can I provide another layer of value that currently doesn't exist? And so once you start there, then you start looking at the ins and outs and the details of real estate. And I do believe that AI and technology, you know, which is essentially the same thing, is creating major disruptions right now, not just in our industry, but maybe even more so in our industry. And I think we have to consider how we're looking at AI. And here's what I mean by that. We're building a chat bot, by the way, the firm is. But here's what I mean by that. AI, good AI, allows for the human interaction. Think about that. Good tech does not remove the human altogether. Good tech streamlines, good tech automates, good tech communicates, but good tech allows for more opportunities for the human connection. You'll never, ever replace the way that you can make somebody feel. And so whenever you're analyzing AI and tech and, 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 and you're looking at incorporating this stuff into your business, it is not to replace you as a person. It is simply an opportunity for you to be more relational, more empathetic, more intimate with people because the other mundane automated tasks are taken care of. Yeah, That's good AI. That's good tech. And we can never forget that. It is not meant to turn us into robots and yeah, I mean, if anything, AI's already created more jobs. Like, I know. I see people who, like, they're selling these AI courses now. They're selling new programs they've made. They connect them and integrate them yep. for companies. I mean, it's not like, oh, hey, sorry, Jill, we're firing you because we've made an AI version of you that's going to just sit on the desk. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think there's certain things it might in the contract world make a little bit less um, needed from, like, Certain contractors, 100%. like for me, graphic design yeah, for my 100%. photo video stuff, yeah. graphic design is getting shredded right Dude, now. It's going to kill some businesses. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I think 
It'll probably about even out, though, what it creates or more. But, bro, everything always has this upswing and then levels off. I read yesterday, I think in the Wall Street Journal, that in Vegas they're holding a conference and they have robots, four robots that are greeting you as you come in the door. Did you see the ones at the football stadium the other day? No. Dude, you haven't? No. Can you pull that up real quick so that while I I want to get your reaction live on this podcast and I'll sh- I'll show it, dude. You're gonna freak out. So they're shooting this movie. I'll give a little backstory for the viewers. They're shooting this movie, and I'm pretty sure it was the Detroit Lions. I can't remember. It might have been the L.A. Rams. It was it was a team, an NFL team, and they let these AI robots walk around on the sideline for this movie. That's what I meant. Chargers. Okay. This is what they look like. And they move their head and they blink and... Dude, they look scary. Like they're going to murder you. <laughs> look, I'll show you. Let's see if we can... That is so... Oh, here you go. Here's a... This is so funny. Stu's, this is like, I feel like Stu's nightmare. So I'm so glad he hasn't seen it because this will be a great reaction. One second. There you go. Look at that. <laughs> Live, Stuart Collier losing his mind. <laughs> He's giving it. It freaked me out. It gave me like the, oh man, that's scary. That's oh, too much. It is too much. Which, granted, I, I literally think it's, I saw some stuff that's like, it's just for a movie. That's why yeah, they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a but, good point. You got to keep the context. Yeah. But I think even like all the robot stuff, like everything peaks and then flattens out. And so it's like, yeah, the robots are cool. They're greeting me in Las Vegas when I go. But then like, that's not really sustainable. Like it's going to be cool. and It's going to be like, I haven't seen this. It's new. But then it's like. In eight years, people are going to be like, I don't want a robot greeting me when I come For in. Sure. I want a freaking person. Well, it's like the thing I said earlier, how my generation's bringing old stuff back. It's this cycle of like, oh, we miss the old film days. Yes. We miss the old interaction of yes. having a human greeter. So I think there will be a time when people like are revolutionary and yeah. innovative for bringing back old stuff. Yeah, Like, hey, instead of... Uh, Sending this AI email, I'm gonna type one myself, and people are like, "Whoa!" It's cool because it's new. Yeah, but like, there's still truths, you know, and we're still biologically the same as what we were. And there's certain things that we need as humans, and so like over time, those will continue to resurface, and we'll be like, "Okay, here's what I need as a human. Yeah, I need real connection. You know." I need I need to have another person across from me that's firing my dopamine and my serotonin and like giving me like natural responses even when it's nonverbal recu- nonverbal cues that you just can't get from somebody that's not a human. Yeah. I mean the other thing too is like a human will always give you a human opinion that has emotion in it and thought AI is going to give you the right answer. Yeah, that's right. But the right answer is not always the right answer. I mean, especially in the real estate world. I was yeah. thinking like, 
I'm going through a real estate deal right now, and the questions I've asked, like AI would answer it differently than my realtor's answering yeah, it. Yeah. Because my realtor is just going, well, I think you would want this, not this is the right way to yeah. do it. And so that's where real estate will 100%. always be have an upper hand on all Bro, that I'm stuff. I'm trying to be surprised too. Like, I love like just like you could like turn around and just like start eating that plant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like it's wild, but a freaking AI robot's not going to do it. Maybe they would. So, so Stu likes surprises. So Taylor, remind us on the on the tenth podcast anniversary or something. Let's just have a zoologist like pop his head in. Stu's like. With a monkey, <laughs> you would freak yeah. out on camera. That would be amazing, actually. Yeah. All right, so I had a few questions that I was uh, when I was reading it that I just kind of wanted you to expand on because mm-hmm. there's so much different in typing something out versus saying something out, and so I'll just kind of go through them. Um, but first and foremost. How do you think in the future of real estate and the interactions, we've talked about technology and how that's going to affect it. How do you think the customer interaction is going to change? Because you, you you wrote about that for a second and I was reading it and I was like, yeah, I want him to talk about that. Like what is going to change with the customer interactions in the future? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think um, from a customer interaction, I think that, you as even you like everybody that offers a service has to have a customer experience offered for people and i think going forward we are going to be expected to touch a lot of pieces of the customer as we go and so if you can develop a high level high-touch, surprise-and-delight, technology-driven, experiential customer journey for people that you can put people within. And on the backside of it, it spits out a brand ambassador as your referral source. Then you can create a very organic will of marketers, essentially, that you can place clients into and you know that your structure and that your process through this customer's journey will create brand ambassadors, will create referral opportunities for you. And so I think we can talk about what that looks like exactly. I think you got to leverage technology. I think you got to spend a little money. I think you got to, you got to work a little harder. You know, you got to be able to identify what some common friction points are and remove them. Um, And then I think you have to bring in your own brand and your own personal style of business to make people feel a certain way and to make the authenticity side of it. yeah. Yeah. And so through a strong customer journey, you leverage a lot of different pieces. But at the end of it, it is not replicable because it's yours and people that go in come out brand ambassadors for life and those are marketers for you and guess how much they cost several you know versus buying a bunch of leads which leads can work but you're gonna always have to buy more leads 
I know. That your strategy can replicate it or at a certain point it can automate itself yep. to an extent. Of you've got it just spiraling out of control almost. And that's it's hard work though, dude. Oh, it like, is. It's I a mean, grind. It's, it's easy to sit here and say, but it takes a level of discipline and commitment. And commitment. Yeah. And you I mean, there's a lot you have to risk with it. I've I've been around that yeah. world and it's just like you kind of got to tiptoe a line of you've got to be authentic. You've got to be willing to kind of do some trend, but you've got to, I mean, it's just like this, this constant, but when you succeed with it, it, it's crazy. So it's this constant battle, but so the customer interactions is just going to keep evolving. Like you're saying. Yes. Yes. Think about it like this from a real estate agent's perspective. Day one, you show up, you set precedent. You're showing a house. You have bonded material. You have covenants and restrictions. You know the details of the neighborhood POA, the close-by restaurants, the amenities. If you can put a shed in the backyard, you know exactly what the school system is and the grades, and you show up and you provide that, right? High, high level, high, high detail. It shows that your customer, you take them seriously. So then you go under contract. Well, what does that look like? You're offering surprise and delights. You're communicating based on their style. You have a platform that all people are involved with that you can provide solutions in real time to real time problems. Mm -hmm. Then you get inspections. Well, not only do you just send them the inspection, you get bids, you get quotes, you get repairs. You can even set up those repairs to be done. You transfer the utilities through utility concierge instead of just throwing it on the homeowner. And then in your loyalty program, you stay with the property. So you're always giving them valuable information about their property long after the sale. It's really service after the sale, but it's hard value. You still tell them that you're happy for them when their daughter gets married, but you give them value. Yeah. You look in the and professional see when world. that water heater what the age of it is. And in two years, you contact him. You say, here's three water heaters, Lowe's, Home Depot, and Tractor Supply. Here's the cost. And then here's two people that can install it for you if and when it goes out. Real value. And so that is a is a Cliff Notes version of a, of a type of customer journey that creates brand ambassadors. And it's an organic and it's earned and it's deserved and there's no gimmicks and it's hard work and it's intentional and it's servant-based, serving people. Yeah. And what's crazy is there's a million different ways you could do what you just said too, which is the amazing thing about it. So if one person's doing that, you can have your right. own twist on it. And so that's, it's yeah. endless, this twist of just back yeah. and forth of yeah. every person can provide a different piece of value yep. to a different client that needs that specific value. Yep. That was crazy though. That was, I mean, uh, that was like free content course right there. I would uh, slow that one down if I was watching it. As a realtor. <laughs> I see you're <laughs> I'd be a watching hype, that slow you're a down. You're beast for me. No, nah, no, nah, that, that, was, keep you that was crazy. I mean, you told A to Z though. I mean, honestly, you told A to Z a practical i mean that's that's not just a conceptual idea that's a practical of yeah. things you could start doing and implementing in your business today yeah. um so i think that went into my next question which was affecting the customer journey as well which is you're basically saying that customer interaction is gonna be measured through the customer's journey and that's what people are gonna really have to in the future start dialing in and i agree I think you're going to have to start dialing in this customer journey from A to Z like you just did. I mean, hey, 
from the point of interaction, how much value can we give them from the start to the finish? Um, but I guess, I guess my next question would be for realtors specifically in the future where there's this completely innovating and changing world around how practical do you think it's going to be to be a realtor in the future? I mean, of, of everything changing. Yeah. So I think what will happen is I think that a lot of the part-time realtors will go away. Um, I think the public is going to utilize realtors that make the process enjoyable, easy, and it's possible. You know, we need to take more more responsibility on providing that to consumers. And I think the days of the the homeowner, the seller, the buyer feeling like they got a freaking pick up a part-time job to sell their house like those days should be over and the real estate agents that are going to handle it from a to z and be professionals and be knowledgeable and be in this thing every day not just kind of on the weekends or if they're bored they want to sell a house for a friend those are the individuals that are going to win and so going forward i think we'll probably have and i'm talking 10 15 years will have a smaller pool of realtors, but those realtors will be all in, more involved, and so you'll have a smaller number of realtors doing all the deals, mm-hmm. which is really, honestly, what needs to happen um, yeah. for consumers to get you know the best service. And so I do think that, that you'll see that. I do think you'll see a lot of part-time people just kind of fall away as as consumers expect more out of real estate professionals. This sounds bad, but you can't say this because you're a broker and all that. I can say it, but I think it will help. Um, I think it will help a lot of realtors when that does happen mm-hmm. because you won't have this bad interaction with realtors that people are getting these yeah. days Yeah, because they're getting one of those part-time realtors who does it two or three times a year. They have a whole nother job usually. Um and so then the consumer is left going, I'm never doing that again. And so instead of that and having that bad experience, I think you'll see in the future, like like you said, like they can go to almost any agent and that agent's all in providing as much value as they can. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it'll be a race to who can provide more value yeah. for those top realtors. Yeah. So that's a, that's so cool. Man, the future's crazy. Right now it is. It's like, and I, I don't know if people, if people always feel that way, but it's like, it's all changing right now. And it's like the biggest shift, but it feels like it with technology and AI and kind of what's going on. Yeah. And it's just exponentially getting smarter and smarter on top of each other. Yeah. It feels like the biggest change in history. I think the market's a little weird right now too. The feds are meeting today. To decide if they're going to keep rates at the same level or go up. They're not decreasing. (laughs) And so we went from literally like free money. And today a commercial loan is probably 9%. Which a long-term 30-year mortgage is probably, it's a little over 7. And so when you go from a 2.5 to a 7, it almost doubles your payment. 
but we haven't had enough inventory, so prices haven't really come down. And it's just a weird, weird thing. Like the market's still really good. And the reality of it is, dude, where we are right now with interest rates is about average over the last oh, yeah. 50, 60 years. I told my grandpa it's I got a 7%. He was like, I wish I could have no, had a 7%. I know, I know, I know, I know. It's just we got spoiled. Yeah, dude. We got I know, spoiled. I know. But I will say, it's the weirdest part about it. It's not even the interest rates. It's more the pricing of houses, that it hasn't bounced back at all, like you said. You think that'll ever happen, or is it stuck? Well, Gen Z better, like, I mean, there's never an easy way to create wealth. Like, and I think sometimes whenever you see people on TikTok and on social media, it's like, oh, that's easy, I can do that. But I would caution Gen Z to really understand the details and really so, understand, you know, what's going on because creating wealth takes time, intentionality, seeing the edges, knowing what's around the corner. Like, well, and if someone's telling you how to do something like that, they've probably already done it. Yeah. You know, it's already yeah, been it's done. too late. Like the drop shipping stuff. You know what that is? Oh, yeah. And like they did all these courses and you saw them on, and it's like, oh, Too late. look how much I made. And they probably did make that. Yeah. But the reason they're selling a course now is because it is dead. Yeah. So once you see something, it's probably too late. That's true. But when things get hot in real estate, I stay away from them from a personal yeah. investing side. Yeah. Dang. So that's good insight. What do you, what do you think they're going to do? Bring them up? What's your bet? Just what? obviously. What do you think the feds are going to do today? Oh, I think they'll hold, hold. steady. Yeah. 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 I feel like in an election year, every year, they have to kind of keep them because whoever's in office, if they're rerunning, they they need them. To, yeah. You know, that's a big that's a big consumer happiness thing that's going around. I think they'll hold them holes up right now. So it's like, you know, when you're talking about it's all about inflation. It's all about the cost of goods. And so yeah. that's that's what they're looking at to make that determining factor and a little bit of unemployment and stuff, but mainly it's the cost of goods. We're fighting inflation. And so oil's up. And so that, you know, is probably going to, and prices are stuff in general, but that's probably going to keep rates a little higher, a little longer. Okay. Yeah, I think we were looking at trying to get back down in the fives by mid-year next year or, or late next year. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to stick around seven for a while. Which will actually make me, as someone who just bought a house at seven, feel a little better. Dude, seven ain't bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. Seven it made, I bad. literally did the math. The difference for me, it evened out to like $3,000, $4,000 this whole year. I was like, okay. I mean, for the points it had jumped for me from when I started to the end. So ultimately, it's pretty, especially if you can get a good deal on the house. Like, for example, for me, I bought this house and we put an offer in at 345 And then the seller was like, hey, we would love for you to cover the appraisal gap. And my dad was like, nah, I mean, this isn't 2019, 2020 market. Like, I know that yeah, prices yeah. are still up there, but we're not paying over appraisal. Yeah, I'm so glad he did it. It appraised at 335 so I got 10 off of it. Nice. But used to, you know, pricing, people were like, oh, appraisal gap. Yeah, duh. Mm -hmm. Appraisal gap. Yeah. So now it's crazy. That'll make that, the difference. Yeah. So maybe some of those things will sneak back where it's like, no, appraisal gaps aren't going to be a thing right now and, and stuff like that. But it's weird. The real estate market's weird. It keeps you on your toes, huh? Especially in NWA. 
It's like a bubble. It's a beautiful thing. We just posted a graph showing we are one of the top 10 markets in the state. What was the wording on that? For that are at less risk of depreciation than any other market. Wow. One of 10 in the nation, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, Northwest Arkansas is crazy. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about the future of everything. That's my last question, literally on my list. What do you think the future of Northwest Arkansas real estate specifically? Let's localize it. Yeah, that's a good question. So looking at what's going on in Bentonville and Benton County in particular is just phenomenal. There is so much money going in up there. I mean, just mind-blowing amounts of money that a lot of it hasn't even been released yet. But you're looking at Pinnacle um, Heights. You're looking at Top Golf, that whole area up there. And there is literally billions of dollars slated to go up in and around that area. And then the Walmart home office in Bentonville. And then all of the housing going up in Bentonville. We just got the ledger. And so there is so much. And Bella Vista, there's a lot slated up there with the runway group. Blue Crane, Rope Swing, which are all Walton back stuff. Um, and then you've got down here in Washington County. And I think Washington County will be less pronounced in its growth. Downtown Springdale is slated to have more money going in there than it has in the last 50 years. Combined, probably. It's <laughs> like, nice. Yeah. And then you've got... Um, down here in Fayetteville, that is just kind of going to be slow and steady, and it's going to be more uh, measured growth, which I'm okay with. Uh, the University of Arkansas just had its number one enrollment. They have the highest enrollment oh, that yeah, they've by ever a had, lot. and they're stopping people or waiving out-of-state tuition putting that back into place to slow the growth a little bit. We don't have enough housing on campus. And so, you know, I think Fayetteville is going to be more measured, but yet still very much healthy. And then I think Springdale is going to have this major uh, growth opportunity for commercial and housing. And then I think Pinnacle area is going to look so different in 15 years. It's going to blow your mind. And then probably the most pronounced growth is going to be Bentonville with the new home office and all the projects lighted up there. It's cool. We're seeing literally like in a neighborhood where let's say you have $3 million houses and then you have two houses in the neighborhood that are 150000 Those are going to get bought up because they're next to million dollar homes and people are going to build on them because they know that value. That's what Springdale, Fayetteville and Rogers are doing to keep up with Bentonville. Mm-hmm. It's this cheaper real estate world that can get you in the Bentonville market. And it's so cool to see because it's, I've always made this joke and I feel like people always assume this, but I don't know. I told a guy the other day and he was like, Whoa, it is like that. And I was like, I felt like that was so common. It's like Fayetteville's the U of A owned by the U of A. Springdale's owned by Tyson. Rogers is owned by J.B. Hunt. And Bentonville is owned by yeah. Walmart. So it's this competition of yeah. how good can we make yeah. our city yeah. in these companies? I know. We're blessed to live We here. are so blessed. People ask me sometimes, because I'm from eastern Arkansas or central Arkansas, they say, Stu, you know, 
how did you grow this company? You know, it's such a great company. And, you know, honestly, it's because it's in Northwest Arkansas. Like, you kind of got to screw it up. You know, I don't know if it's really anything I did. It's like being in the right place at the right time. And so if you're a business owner and you want to find fertile ground to grow something, you need to come up here. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're making movies like you or selling real estate or have a heating and air or a freaking oil changing place. It doesn't matter. This there's is a place a great for anyone here. I know. There really is. A lot of upside. Northwest Arkansas is crazy. All right, last question, and we'll close out this podcast. Most important, probably. Best Northwest Arkansas burger joint. <laughs> you going to put that out there. Uh-huh. You going to put that out there. I'm doing it. City Park, for show. City Park. Hammered okay. it. Freaking double patty. Have you double dribbling your thoughts, boy? <laughs> <laughs> Just talking about fire. Oh my I'm goodness! I'm telling you, with some pickles. Next podcast at City Park. 